Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another lovely edition of The Train Stop. I'm Anish. That's Steve. I've missed you, Steve. It's been way too long. It really First has. podcast of 2013. I know. It's been bad. We've been pretty bad. There was like a half month that we left before, uh, before the new year, mm-hmm. or before break, and then there was the break, and then there was... You know, general get, business. Yeah, just get back students. to the flow. Yeah, I don't care. That's I'm not. I'm not making. I'm not making excuses. We're <laughs> back now. Here we go. So, first of all, thank you again for Mirror Men. First shout out of 2013. Uh, they're the best. They're the best. Love them. So, the Big Ten, Purdue. Let's 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 try and stay positive as positive as uh, as we possibly can here. It's a really ugly present, but a very bright future. That's, what That's I'm for saying. darn sure. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that later. We'll we'll definitely talk touch on how I think we'll dominate next year. But that's just a little foreshadowing. This year, can we can, uh, can we once and for all just just dash any type of postseason that matters? Yeah, we're, NIT, well, I don't even think we're even close to NIT. Where I don't they, think we're close to NIT. And the thing either. is, I don't even think if we got to any sort of postseason berth, we'd even be willing to play. I have a, a good friend of mine works with a guy who played basketball at Cornell mm-hmm. for a few years, and he said that you get to a point in the season if you're not going to make the NCAA tournament where you're just like, well, screw this. I have. I'm, I'm tired of practicing all the time. I'm sore. My body's beat down. Mm-hmm. I'm busy with school. I want to hang out with my friends. So, and they said that Corn, when Cornell made it to NIT one year, they were just like, majority of the guys on the team were just like, screw it. We're done. We don't I want think- to play anymore. And I could definitely see that with this Purdue team with a lot of the guys on the team. You know, just want to be done. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, here's the other thing. I don't know if. Um, so you, you either get the invite to the NIT or the college basketball invitational, mm-hmm. the CBI, um, the NIT is a little more prestigious now, but the CBI is starting to become, you know, just as, just as irrelevant as right. a thing. But I, I think coach painter makes him play. I think that if we, you know, if we get an NIT invitation, that's probably the best case scenario here. And, you know, a low seed in the NIT, and I think that he'd definitely go to it. I mean, we have, you know, next year's seniors are what Tyrone Johnson and that whole class. I don't think that we have anybody that we can uh, for sure count on other than the freshmen. Right. So I think just get a more experience, get, uh, get you know, get Hammonds at least a little bit of like, you know, quotes, postseason experience. Mm-hmm. And I think we go. Yeah, um, and I mean, you saw what happened in Minnesota a few years ago when they went to the NIT and they oh, won it, right? Yeah, yeah I, they won it or they, they went to the finals, yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, they've uh, yeah. completely turned that program around of late. So, I don't know. I mean, I hope it's not in the sense where, you know, if we do manage to scrape up some sort of postseason that everyone's like, well, you know, we don't want to play anymore. Because no, the I, more minutes can, we log, the better. I can I can see that mentality, and I know exactly where you're coming from, mm-hmm. but I don't think Coach Pano lets them slip into that. And, yeah. you know, that, that just sets it's, a bad tone for the offseason and everything. It's hard, though. It's hard. It, you know, it's so hard to read this team as individuals, like the rate they play. For instance – Hammonds will just dominate offensively, but you know, defensively at times he looks like he's not really interested. Mm-hmm. You know, and the same with uh, uh, Ronnie Johnson at times and Tyrone Johnson. I feel there's occasions where they really, you know, they're playing, but it feels like they're not there, not mm-hmm. imposing their will. I think we've just been used to seeing, and this is something we have to get used to. We can't um, continue to compare with now, you know, with every class with. A class that has three people hanging in the rafters—that's right. unheard of. I mean, um, you know, we go back to this in the last game uh, that we played against Michigan State. You know, Robbie Hummel's jersey was officially retired. Mm-hmm. You can't compare 
every class two one with three people in the no. in the rafters. So I mean, all three of those guys are completely different players exactly. than anyone in this recruiting class as well. And the leadership is going to be different. And um, like quiet leadership is a lot more seen when you're making shots. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever questioned Etoan Moore's leadership. But people question, let's say, you know, DJ Bird or Tyrone Johnson because right. maybe they're on a cold streak. Nobody questions you when you hit shots, and that's something that uh, bugs me. you got to look at the whole package. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I mean, you know, tempering postseason, you know, expectations. I think if we just go out, stay competitive, get a little bit of that postseason flavor, playing, you know, ending the season, playing somebody outside of our conference, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's that's good enough for me. And if we can just stay consistent and competitive throughout the remainder of the season, you know, win a game in the Big Ten tournament, I'm not going to put us, you know, I don't think we're going to go that deep, honestly, the rate we've been playing. But, you know, if we can get in there and beat, I don't know, a a team like Illinois again or maybe Minnesota, depending on how the seeding goes. You know, I I don't know. I think if if we show strong in the Big Ten tournament and if we – you know, do something like make some noise in some postseason tournament. I think, you know, I think that'll be okay heading into next season. Um, touching on what we've seen earlier, we had a stretch there starting from the beginning, um, actually starting from before, I believe, the William and Mary game up through, you know, the Illinois game where we started the Big Ten off really hot. Illinois mm-hmm. at that time was a number 11. Um, we dominated them. It, it, you know, we, and we beat them. I believe it was at home. I believe it was at yeah. Mackey, um, but the paint crew wasn't there or anything. In my yeah, that was that. Uh, that was over winter break. I believe that was the first of January. Mm-hmm. So, or I mean, uh, sorry, the second of January. So, you know, we had that win. We had a stretch there where we looked really good. Lost, you I know, mean, we played Ohio State darn well. Exactly, lost to Ohio State, Michigan State. What can you do? You're gonna right. lose. To and them. Michigan State was on the road. Exactly. That was our first real competitive road game got that west virginia win which is always mm-hmm. good to get that you know non-conference i you know we have a pretty good series going with west virginia yeah. i hope we keep it up um you know beat uh, nebraska beat penn state but then we hit that michigan game that demoral completely demoralizing we, michigan game where we were just insanely competitive in the first half because they were the number two team back then, right? Yeah, they yeah. were. Yeah, at that time. And we were up two. by two or down by two going into halftime. I can't remember, but Hammonds was playing out of his mind. Mm-hmm. People were getting wide open shots. Tyrone was doing really well. Then after that, it just fell apart, and they just dominated. I know. We had a couple um, We had a couple calls against us. We couldn't yeah. keep our composure. We then just let that spiral. And that's expected with a young team. It's going to be really hard to go on a road and win in such a tough situation like that. You but. say expected with a young team, but how young is Michigan? I mean, that's well, true. I'll let you I'll let you drool over Michigan in a little bit. I do love Michigan. But, you know, I mean, it, it, Trey Burke aside, they're, they're just as young as us. And, you know, I know I say own possible national player of the year aside they're pretty young right. but um then you know we hit a slide we headed to io we we were at home against io we barely beat them and then there was the iu shellacking which uh just don't man, even want to talk yeah. about the only good thing was hammond's dominating zeller offensively but at the same time let zeller have his way cody was great he i mean was, cody was great yeah he he had like what 20 points at least 11 rebounds. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he had just about a double-double. Um, you know, Oladipo, Yogi Ferrell were both Kevin Ferrell. Yeah. I'm sorry, I refuse to call him Yogi. That's a bear's name, uh, not, <laughs> not a person's. 
But I mean, Oladipo was great. I mean, um, they just you know we great. do not match up well against IU right now whatsoever because we, we can't, can't we can't guard Oladipo. You know, Ronnie and Yogi. That's a, or, excuse me, Ronnie and Kevin. And <laughs> that's a good matchup. Hammonds and uh, Zeller looks good on paper in a sense because you know they're both huge, but Zeller's just light years and, beyond and, and here's the other thing neither one of them can stop each other defensively no, i mean Zeller's too quick anything. and hammonds is too big and strong exactly so it's going to be an offensive wash pretty much right um you, you know battle of the boards is just about even and then we had dj bird guarding christian watford and that's an incredible mismatch yeah i don't i don't think so i actually really? think that yeah i think they pretty much wash each other out i'm not that big on 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 Christian Watford, I think he'll hit. So I think he's actually a very good matchup for DJ Bird because they're 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 equivalent in a lot of the ways. You don't see consistency out of um, out of Christian Watford, and if you do, IU was clearly the number one team in the country. That's true. So it's I mean, and I at guess this DJ point, has had a history of locking down guys that are bigger than him for sure. Draymond yeah. Green and uh, Solinger. For sure. And last year he was yeah exactly. Last year was forced to play the four. Sometimes mm-hmm. he would slide over to the five, and when when Rob couldn't get you know when Rob couldn't have the energy last yeah. year to guard the biggest guy and you know carry us on offense we'll get to that i think that people are down on dj um a little too much because they expected too much from him right. as a you know as a senior leader and whatever we touched that means. a lot on that in some of the earlier podcasts exactly. you know he's a good three-point shooter and he can do the things well like play lockdown defense he's just a really solid role player that can start in certain situations but not all of them and so i think that's pretty much a watch with christian watford I think that Will Sheehy is a scumbag. I hate Will Sheehy. Um, however, Will Sheehy does make me miss Kelsey Barlow. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, we we need that guy who's just kind of a, a royal <laughs> douchebag. Every team kind of needs one of those guys, you know? I missed it. We, you know, the last one we had was Kramer, and then we had, uh, uh, you know, Kelsey Barlow. Yeah. First of all, I don't – do you still follow Kelsey Barlow on uh, on Twitter? No, I He's don't. He's pretty fantastic. I, you should give him a follow. I did. He's pretty uh, fantastic. I went to the co-rec to play basketball with a couple friends, and Barlow was there a random Friday before winter break. Really? He did not cross – okay, he maybe crossed the half-court line twice, was texting, and every time he touched the ball, he jacked a shot from wherever he was. Just I mean, the yeah, laziest like, play ever I've ever dude, seen. Dude, it's correct ball. What are you going to do? He plays D1. That's I mean, true. Yeah, so that makes me – you know, that IU game kind of made me miss um, uh, you know, Barlow, Kelsey Barlow. Yeah. But uh, what are you going to do? Coach Painter had some good quotes at the end of the IU game. Um when the deficit is 40, one play isn't going to get you. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, the reporters were asking him for one play here and there. When you're down by 40, it's it's a All lot right. more than a couple plays here and there. And when you play hard, you can do whatever you want. They were asking, um, you know, about whether he thought some of IU's techniques or some, what you know, whatever IU was doing, keeping their starters in, I think this was, um, until pretty late in the game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Oladipo played until I think there was about two minutes left. And Painter was like, yeah, yeah, you can do whatever you want. They outplayed us. They completely, I mean, they completely outclassed us in our own building. So why not? Yeah, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree with that statement, too. And speaking of, you know, earlier in the season, and we were talking about that perimeter defense, and this might be a little bit of a dated, um, you know, a dated article, but Rob Duster from uh, NBC Sports had a great article when we played, right after we played Illinois and beat them, of how we slowed down at that point a player of the year candidate in Brandon Paul mm-hmm. and how we alternated Ray Davis, how we alternated DJ Tyrone Johnson on him and how that 
perimeter defense when we're when we're zoning in on one guy and everybody buys into the painter system of you know rotation switching on screens Tyrone Johnson just locking people down on help on like help rotations it was a fantastic article if you liked reading those X's and O's type things yeah it's um it's really frustrating when you see just the glimpses of Purdue basketball the you know stuff we're used to right and then the greatness that we've known but then you know you just see that crud against IU but I mean you're also looking at a team that has potentially two lottery picks yeah I know I mean players that can go in the lottery for the NBA draft and yeah you know Yogi Ferrell or Kevin Farrell I'll just fuck it I'm gonna call him Yogi (laughs) Kevin Farrell um he could easily be up there too in a few years and you know they just got a bunch of solid players and we're not really at that point to where we can play them. Yeah, right after the IU game, we lost to Northwestern, where uh, that was just ugly. You know, a lot of people. That was an ugly game. It was an off game. I thought we'd bounce back from IU a little bit better, but we didn't. Yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah, uh, you, you can either go. You can go one of two ways after a game like IU, where you lose by what thirty-seven points. You can either go stay down in the dumps, or you can pick yourself up and move on to the next one. And Have we that didn't. Ugly post-game hangover, which yeah, isn't really which is exactly into what. Uh, the Northwestern game was. I mean, no one really looked there defensively at Mm-mm. all. We were sluggish. Our hands weren't up. Uh, that was probably <clears throat> the worst defense I've seen Hammonds play. Yeah, it was pretty in bad. A he long was long time. He was unengaged. He wasn't no. really. He wasn't really. And I thought we there. were forcing a lot of silly shots. It, you know, they were hitting a lot of three point shots. I mean, they came out you know, ready to go, but we were just not even close to being ready. It's not unexpected. Yeah, and like we touched on, it's not really unexpected. Um, and a lot of the reactions I read on a lot of Purdue sites all over the place, I um, mean, even Journal and Courier and all that were very, um, you know, jump off the cliff type, cliff type reactions. Right. I was really surprised. I mean, we have a young team. At no point in the season have we shown any kind of consistency. So what what else did you expect? Yeah, I mean, you know, a few months ago we lost to a pitiful eastern michigan yep oh my gosh and uh that loss is looking worse and worse it's terrible but then we beat a ranked illinois team and you know we've stayed competitive in a few uh a few big games yeah yeah and had that uh, west virginia game but i mean you know i mean if you look at it a lot of teams that were in our position currently you know a few years ago like for instance i'm going to bring up iu when uh tom crean first came in and Mm -hmm. they got rid of kelvin sampson and just everyone transferred or you know got kicked off they were just scum Mm, they were bad. terrible they were for bad. so long and now look at them you know they made the sweet 16 this year or last year excuse me mm-hmm. this year rather than the number one like katie perry said with every hurricane comes a rainbow so we just gotta be a little optimistic here jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> moving on or no wait right after northwestern game i'm sorry the katie perry quote threw me off i can't like, that was amazing you're welcome chris kramer uh, his reaction to this, this is on, on Twitter, not um, an interview, but you can control three things, effort, attitude, and scouting, and it's unacceptable when one of those is missing. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the factors that you can control, and yeah, That's something you, you should just live on. and die by in the world of basketball. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's... Play your heart out, you know who you're going to play, and know what the strengths and weaknesses are of yourself and others, and... That's something we do not see on a consistent night. And I think, you know, that's fair to call us out on right. during the, you know, the Northwestern game. We didn't come in um, with a good attitude and whatever, but to come, you know, blindsided by how you couldn't 
come up. I mean, it was playing on the road, and I know it's Northwestern, but anywhere on the road in the Big Ten is tough. All the Big Ten teams, even you know Northwestern, Penn State, Nebraska, yeah. they could. I mean, they're not terrible. I mean, Nebraska um, beat IU last year at home. You know, so it's just this is an expected loss. And maybe we have one more loss like that in us. This is one of those years, and this is something that we were trying to say. If every this was going to be a Sweet 16 or another tournament win year, only if everything possible went right. If DJ was, you know, if DJ brought that six man mentality to the starting lineup, if Hammonds just dominated from week one, if you know Ronnie Johnson was amazing, like if we had depth, it's, it it didn't Jason happen. Could have stayed healthy. If I know. Donnie yeah. Hale, you know, could be consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Travis Carroll could continue to be that great role player, and if Rafael Davis could find his niche in this team, and but, Anthony you know, Johnson could actually play point guard as a backup. Jesus, but you know, not everything hit at once, and and we're pretty much where we where we expected, just out of uh, that tourney uh, section of the Big Ten, right. and you know that's that's okay. We're still a young team. Went off that at least to beat um, Penn State on the road. It was really. It was really slow, but, you know, we got the win, whatever. Uh, Drew broke his hand uh, right before that game, so mm-hmm. we, we got to see a little uh, Steven Toira. I not uh, think we would see Steven Toira as a six-man but, ever. But, but. I, I think that was more of a shot, like you were yeah. saying before, at Anthony Johnson. Just, he you is know. not. You know, I uh, when Anthony Johnson first came to Purdue, I was pretty excited because he had swagger. He could shoot. He was just a scorer. Remember you know, when he could took, shoot? Yeah, and he took the year to redshirt, build up strength. You know, I still don't see him as that big of a guy whatsoever. But, you know, he met, prepped his body for college. And we saw glimpses, you know, of okayness last year. You know, it was his freshman year. Like, all right, well, you know, he has his games. He doesn't. This year I've seen – practically no improvement we, at, at the beginning of the season he showed that uh you know before uh december mm-hmm. um or you know before mid-december you could see him start to improve in that right you know in that backup up, point guard role that combo guard role and he could you know and he played well in italy mm-hmm. but uh, there got to a point where maybe it was even after emu where he just took an enormous step backwards and has just been completely irrelevant in big 10 play i don't really know i mean i i don't know what set that off i know that coach painter probably does i mean his minutes have gone down which is True. definitely a sign of him not trying oh, yeah. to practice or not having good practices so you know i don't know i don't know if i can point to that one moment but he's not having a good year at all and i you know, I hope he does something uh, this summer. Yeah, I do too. Because, you know, I mean, historically he's a great scorer. And it was – I'm sure it's difficult for, you know, him to come in there with pretty much no point guard position or point guard experience mm-hmm. and Painter being like, hey, you know, we need you to play point guard. That's not really his style of game. He's kind of a, you know, he needs the ball in his hands to score and he needs to come off screens, shoot, or drive to the basket. Yeah, but you're playing – really that great at setting people up. He wasn't going to be – um, you know, as much as we wanted him to do, he wasn't going to be that top of the line star. Right. He was going to be a, you know, one of those three or four star recruits that slides into a slides into a role mm-hmm. in a Big Ten team. If you want to be the star, go to a lower team. But he's right. at the Big Ten. He needed to do adapt or die. You can definitely see that mindset at times where he comes in. He's like, all right, I have to score mm-hmm. right. I know, now. and that's and it's, it's incredibly frustrating. Instead of just mate, letting the letting the plays come to him, and that's kind of in the frustrating thing. It's almost like I mean, you see Ray Davis come in, and he's almost more mature on the court than mm-hmm. than uh, you know Anthony Johnson, who's a who's you know much older than him. It's probably about. Couple years now because he yeah. and Rafael's only yep. 
18, 19. Yeah. So it's, I mean, you know, he's, and by way older, we're using this in college <laughs> terms, but whatever it's Anthony Johnson leaves a lot to be desired. So, you know, hopefully he picks it up, but I don't, I don't even see him earning his minutes back. No, unless there's just a significant improvement towards the end of the season. But at this point it's unlikely. So on the 9th uh, of February, Purdue played Michigan State, lost 65-78, kind of a disappointing loss. We could have made this a little more competitive, but, uh, you know, that score, 13 points is just yeah. about right. I mean, you know. It I was, thought there were a lot of good things that came away from this game. I, th- I mean, you know, there was a lot of promise. We saw good hail. We saw good Donnie really hail. Really good hail. Good Hammonds as well. It's a shame because a lot of the shots that uh, Hammonds took just either rimmed out or they were great looks. But, you know, just couldn't convert. Mm-hmm. And then Hale played. He's been playing really, really well. Mm-hmm. That's I'm excited because that's the Donnie Hale that we wanted and expected. That was kind of what um, – another thing I wanted to touch on is that at the beginning of the season we thought Donnie Hale would be this, you know, the monster of a, of a big yeah. man off the bench. And then he kind of dipped. We saw Travis Carroll's minutes pick up. We saw Jacob Lawson's uh, pick up. We were really happy about what we saw from Lawson, just a garbage man. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, garbage energy man off the, uh, you know, off the bench. But – now I think we're seeing more Hale, more Carroll. I don't know. I mean, I'm fine with more Carroll. I, I, yeah, I do too. like Travis Carroll. Let's he gets, talk about him. Let's do it, please, because he gets a bad rep. And we 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 weren't easy on him at the beginning of the year. No, we really weren't. But you know, he's one of those players that is pretty easy to dislike, especially after having he had a great season. Let's oh, let's not go great. He had a Good. really very, solid, very season, solid freshman year. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you're playing alongside Juwan Johnson, he's going to draw a lot of double teams. You know, mm-hmm. he's going to make good passes out to you and just eat up a lot of space to allow you to, uh, you know, get, get your baskets jumper. or get rebounds. And then uh, last year, he just was not very good at all. Last year was very inconsistent when we needed someone off the bench that could give us some size and, and you know, spare Rob yeah, a little we bit. We pretty much just went without a legitimate four or five guy all yeah, last sure. year. But then this year, he's, I think he's finally gotten to the point where he's like, all right, I understand what I have to do, mm-hmm. coach. I know what needs to be done. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to do the dirty work. I'm going to do things that everyone's going to not notice, like fight for offensive rebounds, you know, force turnovers, that. play solid defense. Not even get the, you know, get, get on the box mm-hmm. score, but just keeping, you know, boxing guys out right. when Hammonds Set is on the floor. Screens. You know, it's it's just, you know, so Hammonds can grab the rebound, set good screens so that our perimeter motion can keep going, especially when you have Hammonds just, mm-hmm. like, camp down low. You know, I, I think he's... pretty he's, good at tipping balls out, too. Yeah, exactly. He's it just hustle. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so he's, he's given us good... hustle guys since uh, yeah. DJ last year, pretty much. <laughs> Although we're seeing bits and pieces of the hustle return. Yeah, so Travis Carroll, I think... Yeah. We, we've been a little harsh on him. Everybody's been I mean, a little harsh like on him, I but said, he's it's, earned it's it. It's really easy to dislike Travis Carroll at times. But you know, it's he's earned it back. And harder to do. Uh, but he, he's earned he's earned it back. And I, I'm not sure what coach is going to do with um, Jacob Lawson versus you know everybody else. Sandy versus I don't know like who else is on our bench like Travis yeah. and all that. Like I, I'm not sure what he's going to do right now. He seems to. Um, be like his flavor of the month seems to be Donnie Hale, but I'm not I'm not really sure. It's going to be really interesting when Jay Simpson uh, gets healthy and comes into play think, next yeah, year. He's going to be he's huge, and oh, yeah. you know hopefully next by he's next talented. year by next year he'll come back. He'll his foot will be healed. He'll be a little more mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we'll, we'll see. It's um, just you know all of our big men are so different. Mm-hmm. Like Hammonds is you know he's 
kind of athletic, but just enormous. Yeah, pretty sure. fundamentally sound on offense. Lawson is nothing but pure energy, pure athleticism. Hale's kind of like an old school post player at times. Yeah, I don't know. Hale's kind of that in between guy. Yeah. I mean, he he can he can stretch you at times. He can. Yeah, he's still he's got that strength because let's say he's mm-hmm. nineteen twenty or no he's twenty one years old. Yeah. I'm sorry. He's got orangutan arms. Yeah, he's got huge legs. He's really he's pretty on good on the offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. And then there's Marchuch, who's just a ogre. Back we, to the basket. Well, there was uh, there was one game, uh, I think a couple weeks ago, where he was doing things that were that a good basketball player did, and I, and we were just flipping out back and forth. It was yeah. amazing. Um, so we've seen glimpses from him a lot more this year than we have in the years past. Yeah, but against Michigan State, it was yeah. Ugly. I mean, you know, Brandon Dawson, Knicks, Appling, and Payne all shot over fifty percent. Um, you know, Dawson killed us with 20, Knicks with 17, Appling tw- 17. The one person we didn't talk about was Gary Harris. He didn't really get on the board, only eight points, no. but he was hyper-efficient uh, when he could get looks. I feel like he shot over 50%. I mean, he's on my, you know, all-freshman team. He's been amazing. Oh, absolutely. Michigan State, come to Purdue. Michi- <laughs> Michigan State just outclassed us, yeah. and there's not much to say uh, except for that. You can't really... Again, go off the deep end just because right. just those, because Michigan State has a great coach, and you know he knows what kind of guys are going to fit his system, and he can coach them up. And uh, obviously, they you know can play with just about anyone. Interesting quotes by Coach Painter right after um, you know or the day after the game on the conference call, like you know the weekly conference call mm-hmm. that they give. Um, all the Big Ten coaches kind of pointed to inconsistent Big Ten officials, particularly with calls uh, under the basket. So I'm you know Painter was rushing to um, you know all the big men that he sees he sees Lawson getting fouled he sees Hammonds you know getting fouled and they're not calling it or they're roughing him up Izzo was also on the officials for that Um, but at the same time Hammonds uh, his quotes were he's not always engaged he doesn't have consistent habits and he's not the hardest worker all of these were coach Painter's uh, views on him I mean you know that was one of the things when Hammonds came in at the very beginning of the season there was some talk on whether or not he would get redshirted or not or just trying to figure out what kind of mindset he had in the game and you know there'd be it kind of like is how Charles Barkley talks about Blake Griffin occasionally (laughs) and how he just needs to impose his will and dominate and Hammonds needs to do that as well I think yeah yeah that inconsistency that not always engaged was a really I think that was a really good way of putting it is that you know Hammond sometimes zones out, especially mm-hmm. on defense. Oh and when gosh. he's our when he's our rock in the post, he's got to be our rock on both sides of the court. And you can throw out the. This is where you know I'm a big believer in statistics, and I love statistics, mm-hmm. but they do lie quite a bit because Hammonds gets three blocks a game average, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's playing great defense. Mm-hmm. When you're seven feet and you know have a crazy wingspan, if a guard drives into the post, chances are you're going to swat the ball. And, you know, that's great, and it's really awesome that he's able to have such patience and awareness and timing on how to block shots. But blocking shots doesn't help you, you know, no, defend not, in the post. It doesn't give it you doesn't the, help the you, full you know, picture. Yeah, push guys out of their position and whatnot. And Hammonds has been really poor at letting defenders get position. Uh, he's not really patient when they make their moves. We see him bite on the up and under. All too often. He's staying vertical a lot better like yeah. of late, though. So yeah, that's, he's done that's a good been job okay. on that. But I'd like to see him more engaged on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. On offense, you know, when we're looking for him, uh, he's always there. But if you notice, and I pointed right. this out before, he's 
Coach Painter's kind of deviating from his motion a little bit, uh, you know, his usual motion sets when, you know, instead of going a five-man motion where you have the big just kind of, you know, pop up yeah. to the perimeter, you know, set a screen and just, you know, kind of Roll dart the to the basket a little bit. We're just camping him. We're camping Hammonds down low just on either block, mm-hmm. just right there. And while, you know, the other perimeter guys go around him, try to create space. I, it, when we don't, get it into him he almost seems a little disengaged even then mm-hmm. so i'd like to see him you know j- just like cued in on every play and if he becomes that i mean we've talked about this i don't we can move on from the games but i don't know um if he's a three-year player i mean do you think aj hammonds is, i first of all can we agree that aj hammonds is not a four-year not player be here all four years seven, as much as it sucks to say that seven footers with skill and with you know with with talent that can walk and chew gum mm-hmm. at the same time and get drafted in the second round seven footers that produce at the highest level in college basketball get easy drafted in the first I mean, round or lottery picks let's look at picks. Myers Leonard he had 2 years he was not anything special but mm-hmm. he was 7 feet you know he could mm-hmm. play relatively good defense and you know He's athletic enough, yeah, and and he was what drafted middle the middle of the first round. Maybe I think he was to Portland. Yeah, he went to the Blazers. Maybe in the teens. Yeah, so So. it was. I mean, you know, AJ Hammonds isn't staying four years. Um, I think that our goal should be to see him stay three. Yeah. Um, you know, next year we we bring in a great recruiting class. Um, you know, another one with with a couple dogs that I love. Uh, we got Basil Smotherman. We got Ke- the sharpshooter Kendall I'm Stevens. A which, huge Kendall Stevens please, man. we need even though you know Get torn healthy. labrum, but we we need him now. And uh, Bryson Scott, Just who that's swag man. I think we need him on the court. I like him. He he looks like he could be a leader right now. So Just, I, you know, does nothing but work in the basketball court. So if we get one year under their belts. That third year for this freshman class right now could be, you know, could be a national power to to oh, look man. for. But all of that is contingent on AJ Hammond staying. Um, but if next year's recruiting class is all that it's, you know, all that it's hyped up to be, Tyrone Johnson plays well. Um, I can see a lot of people seeing Purdue, you know, it, it ranked and see a big seven footer as a right. reason for that, and he could bolt right after next year. Yeah, I mean, he's. He needs to lose the remaining baby fat, which he's yeah. done a great job. Yeah, I for mean, sure. He's but a lot better. Quite a, bit. a lot better than either of us mm-hmm. would have thought. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if he puts on just a lot of muscle over the offseason, who is going to stop him? He does – I feel like Hammonds falls a little bit in love with his hooks, mm-hmm. which they're they're good. They're pretty darn good. And he's got great footwork, but he doesn't really have a power move mm-hmm. whatsoever. He's great at getting the position and, you know – Turn around the fadeaway hook, uh, jump shot, or you know, getting the running hook. The running hook. He gets behind his defender and catches lobs really low, well, but you don't see that. Okay, I'm seven feet, two hundred sixty plus pounds. I'm going to back you down, so I'm right underneath the basket. So it, you know, I I think he could display that dominance if he mm-hmm. does next year. He could I, leave. I don't think I'd blame him. Would no, you? I mean, I like, mean, you you can't. Kid's going to make. You guaranteed a couple million dollars if he right. goes out. You can't if blame him. If he feels him. like he's done as much as he could for the program, then you can't really blame him. But to continue with his dominance, it has to be a big mindset thing as well. For sure. As we kind of touched on already multiple times, you know, he's just got to be invested and locked into the game. And I know we've spent 10 minutes talking about A.J. Hammonds right now, and that kind of tells you 
uh, who the future, he's be. yeah, who the future of the you know the near future of the program kind of depends on. And um, so we'll move on into likes and dislikes of uh, you know of the season. We already talked about AJ Hammonds. I would file him under the likes column. Uh, yeah, I think that's safe. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tyrone Johnson. What do you think? I'm gonna go. I'm going to go like. Me too. I like Tyrone. You know, he had a couple bad games. Sometimes he's pretty turnover prone. But if you think about where he would be without Tyrone, oh my God. we would be nothing. Because outside of Hammonds, Tyrone is, you know, well, Tyrone is our best scorer. And then yeah. there's Hammonds. Tyrone is kind of our silent leader at times. Um, you know, he plays great defense. He plays, shut yeah. down Brandon Paul. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's, we need him. And, you know, Painter said before, if Tyrone isn't a Big Ten player of the year by the time he's all said and done, it's a crying shame. Like he has that talent, he has that adversity to him, and you know he's, I, he's I love built him. like an ox yeah. too. Yeah, six mean, two, two hundred and ten pounds. Uh, he's easy, thick. no easy two ten. I, th- yeah. I mean, if he's listed at two ten, he's probably a little more. Um, you know, I, I, I would put him close to the love category. I, I love yeah. how Tyrone has, has panned out for us. I didn't think that he would be anything close to this. Right. Um, you I know, mean, coming you could, in to the middle first, of the Big Ten. Yeah. When he first came in as a freshman, he kind of seemed selfish. He, I don't know, you couldn't really tell careless. what he was going to. Yeah, careless, selfish. You didn't really know what he was going to do offensively. Mm-hmm. Now he's fearless when he drives yeah, to the basket. It's awesome. He's got a great right hand. The hook shot. Or the floater. I don't know push. what you'd really that, call it's, it. It's that little push when he penetrates about Mark free Jackson throw line. Shot. Yeah, exactly. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, you know, I'd love if he had a regular jump shot at times, but that, you know, if it, if it works, works. Who cares? Ronnie Johnson. I like Ronnie a Me lot. Me too. I love, and I love the Tyrone Brothers chemistry. <laughs> it's so much fun to watch. It's great to watch them. Um, get on each other yeah. when either one of them misses, you know, uh, you know, misses a rotation on defense, or either what, you know, when one of them makes kind of a silly mistake, the other one just has to give a look to calm him down, or just right. give him, you know, a little dap to calm him down. I think that's that's great. And those two in the transition game is a thing of beauty. It is, and you know, Ronnie, that penetration game between the both of them, where one of them will penetrate, kick out to the other mm-hmm. one, who will drive right by. Um, you know his defender who's off balance or either you know or set a screen on him right. or something like that and the fact that we don't have a jump shooter is fine because we have those two who are above average at getting way above average at getting in the paint and finishing which is great and or, I did that should be the staple of our offense oh yeah or in Ronnie's case dish it out to you know whoever's mm-hmm. open yeah He's for a sure really good passer and you know he has his turnover problems as well but whatever freshman point guard in the big 10 let's move on to uh Ray Davis what you think um, somewhere in between. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm fine with where he's at right now. I had really high hopes for him coming into the season, and you know he is. Ever since the Notre Dame game, we might have you know Dan Dockage made a great point. And I love Dan Dockage, and there's a lot of Dan Dockage haters out there. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to be on the other side of the fence on that <laughs> one, but we'll move on. I think he's got a great basketball mind. He says some really stupid stuff occasionally, but that's just because he's a goofball. And, you know, obviously the IU bias really drives me crazy. But he does give Purdue a lot of credit as sure, well. Sure, for sure. But he had a big statement on uh, after Ray, Ray D went off on Notre Dame about how he should not be like, okay, I've got this. I've figured it out because you don't. It's one game. Everyone has their, you know, 15 minutes of fame. Just keep putting in the work. And I think we kind of gave Ray D that sense like, you know what, you do have it. You figured out. Look what you did against Notre Dame. And, ever, like, you know, there was a long period where he just kind of fell off the face of the earth. 
But then he came back in Big Ten play, mm-hmm. and now he's playing really well. Uh, you know, he's driving to the basket. He's still kind of falling in love with his three-point shot at times, yeah. which is not his game. But he's rebounding hard, playing pretty pretty solid defense, I'd very, say. Very good defense. And that was, that was always um, – you know, throughout high school, that was actually very suspect. Um, you know, his his man to man defense and whether he would come into Painter's system and and buy in. And I think I think that, he's done a darn good job. I think so out far. of the freshmen, you know, the three now that Jay Simpson's been been uh, injured, he's been the best defensive oh, yeah. uh, you know defensive presence we've I, had. I'd say it's pretty close between him and Ronnie, though. Ronnie's a pretty good defender. Ronnie's Ronnie's pretty good, but he's got some stiff competition yeah. in the Big Ten. And I don't know if you can necessarily blame him for that, but no. can't give him too much credit. So I think I'm pretty happy with Ray Davis, even yeah. though we, I, we, the two of us, were so high on Fell him coming in, in. like even before the season started. So I think it, that's starting to come to fruition. I think that's starting lineup where we go, um, you know, four guards or four, four wing players, I should say, mm-hmm. Bird, the Johnson brothers and, and Ray, Ray Davis alongside AJ Hammonds. You know, I think that's a very good starting lineup. I'm kind of happy with that. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde himself, DJ Bird. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with the Ray D and say that I'm I'm okay with where DJ's at right now. Sure, but kind of on the other side of of that okay. On the other side, I don't know. I'd say there are a lot of times where I dislike Bird. Yeah. You know, he I don't wanna say he seems unattached to the game by any means, but No, I think I think I don't know if you can question that. Yeah. Is, but what's the word I'm searching he for? forces it a lot he's yeah. he's he's very um he he tries to take the whole burden because he's the senior mm-hmm. and i think a lot of us put that on him i mean he's the senior leader and i do you know we we've for our last couple of years we've had we've been spoiled we've had great senior leaders. you know by having you know chris kramer like in following that we had um, or even before that, you know, we had people like Marcus Green who just yeah. came in, did the work, hustled. We had Chris Kramer. We had Etwan Moore and Jawan Johnson. We had Robbie and you know, Lou Jack and Ryan Smith. You know, this year we 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 have DJ who's who's a role player mm-hmm. and who's never been among the more vocal people on the on on or off the court. You know, he's been that ro- solid role player, and I think he's kind of been forced out of it. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we asked him to do so much, and he he does give it all every mm-hmm. single night, offensively and defensively. And, you know, sometimes he doesn't take too many. I, he just gets the bad rep everywhere he goes. Because you know, where was it when he took one shot? Last game, yeah, that's what's what I thought. Last and game, and people were mad they only took one shot. But if he takes too many shots, people hate him for that too. And he's he's the definition of a streaky shooter. We oh saw early in the season against Clemson what he lit him up for something like thirty five mm-hmm. points. But you know, then he hit kind of a cold streak. He's the definition of a streaky shooter. But he's our only perimeter shooter that you know that we have. We have to cut him a little slack. And right. I think he, you know, I fall into the the firm DJ Bird um, defenders, which might be a little bad for a few people we know. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I think that he more than makes up for sometimes his inconsistent offensive game with his presence on defense, his hustle, oh, yeah. uh, you know, on loose balls. He's always yeah, the he first one on the floor. He for his size. So I think, I think he's bought enough credit for him, you know, for a few missed shots or for a yeah. streak of missed shots. And I don't, by and I'm I, this is something that I'm pretty 
firm into, and I don't know how you believe, I don't buy the BS notion of a, se- a, a senior leader being a leader because you're a senior. No, not at all. It's, I, mean, I don't get it. You know, I grew up in IU, in IU Nation, and, uh, you know, I remember my senior year, there were a lot of guys on that IU team who were upperclassmen who were just thugs or, you know, yeah. just morons. And you see that in a lot of areas, you know, there's seniors who are playing for themselves or just, you know, they're not those guys who you'd look up to and be like, oh, well, you know, he's an upper guy on my team. I got to listen to what he says. And not, you know, not putting DJ in that category at all, all, but it's just like, just because you're a senior doesn't mean you're a leader of the team. Some guys just aren't vocal, aren't meant to lead, or, you know, don't really want to lead or know how to lead. So it's, it's, you know, I I think that was thrust onto DJ a little bit, you know, a little bit unnaturally because of, you know, like we said, the the senior leaders that came before him and what, you know, I guess, quotes, Purdue basketball was used to. Yeah. Um, you know, the leader on this team is Coach Painter. And, Absolutely. you know, the buck stops with him. And I think if everybody buys into the system, that's a lot more important than having mm-hmm. that one senior leader guy. But, you know... Let's move on to the to the guy I think we can put firmly into the dislike category, and we don't really have to elaborate it here. Uh, Anthony Johnson, sorry about uh, you. I don't know. Anthony Johnson, sorry. Dislike, we're okay with your minutes being taken because you really haven't shown much. No, you play selfish. You play so foolish. I don't know. You show I'm, – I'm tired of just the uh, the moments of excellence. They show, not even excellence, moments of mediocrity. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, maybe maybe he's got it. I've seen he that so. He pulls you in. He pulls you in exactly, and, and you dashes. see that for just a little bit, and I'm I'm done. I'm over it. You know, I'm I'm starting to give up on Anthony Johnson altogether. That's fine, and I'd be okay with him earning his minutes back, but he's lost him. Um, the big men: Travis Carroll, Sandy Marchuch, Jacob Lawson, Donnie Hale. All right, I'll start with the likes. Uh, I like Travis Carroll. Okay. I like Donnie Hale. Cool. We'll stick with those two for now. <laughs> I I think Hale's been a really great player. Sure. Uh, actually, I'm going to throw Lawson in there, too. Sure. Uh, yeah, sure. But I don't know. Uh, you know, Travis Carroll, like we talked about earlier, he does all the intangibles, all the unseen stuff, and gets a bad rep. I mean, I, I think that's unfair mm-hmm. that, you know, we shouldn't expect him to be an offensive juggernaut or a defensive dominator or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Hale is starting to come around. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's got the mid-range jump shot. Uh, he's a solid offensive rebounder, just a solid rebounder all all together, and you know is getting better at post defense. Lawson, high energy off the bench and garbage points. He hasn't been doing that lately, and I think that's just because of the emergence of Hale again. But I like Lawson when he's hot. Mm-hmm. And then Chooch train. Well, how do you feel about that Chooch train? I, know, I, I think the Chooch train's starting to derail pretty quickly. Do you think he's going to be on the team next year? I mean, I I hate to. I, uh, be the you know be the one to right. be the one to pull that up but i don't know i mean it's hard telling i've heard i've heard rumors about him and anthony johnson potentially transferring and you know i have i don't like i do chooch plays like a moron sometimes but i do like what i see occasionally like he's got a pretty solid offensive game he sets mean screens but i don't know it's just He's yeah. never really come along. He can play ball, but I don't know if, um, you know, at the Big Ten level was kind of the best fit yeah. for him. And now with how many big guys we have, he's going he and Simpson's quick. Simpson might eat up his minutes next right. year uh, when he comes back, so I don't know. Um, that's something to think about for everyone out there. Let's move on to the man, Coach Painter. We hear a lot of things, and um, I think that I don't want – Boilermakers to be the fan base that is so fickle that after one year of 
kind of down like downward production we bail on the coach that brought us from you know as much as i loved him from the end of coach katie's time when it was pretty much unraveling coach painter we got him at a discount we got him at a low rate and he worked his ass off for his alma mater and i think that um we should be pretty much ashamed of ourselves for for doubting him like this right to complain or bitch or anything of that matter because, I mean, if you look at a lot of the coaches, you know, who've come into a – not an awful scenario, but, you know, a team that's gone downhill or, you know, doesn't have a real winning history, they have – it's taken them a little while. Like Tom Crean retook IU. It took them, you know, a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just look around at all college basketball, and there's plenty of coaches that come to that scenario. Look at Shaka Smart at VCU. Mm-hmm. Who knew VCU before a few years For ago? For sure. You know, we can keep going, Brad Stevens, all exactly. that. but. I, I think we're lucky to have him. I think we're so lucky to have him. We don't know how lucky we are to have somebody who's that competent and that loyal to Purdue. And you can say whatever you want about the, the Missouri thing, but I think that that kind of kicked the athletic department, like yeah. the senior people in the athletic department, in the I, ass and kicked them into gear. I think that yeah, definitely was just trying to, you know, earn his paycheck, put pressure on him. I don't think he would have really gone there. No. But, you know. And... Uh, Things aside, I think that of all the times to abandon coach, um, when you consider everything, mm-hmm. now is not the time to do no. it. He deserves our undivided support, and I think you can call him out on certain things. If you want to call him out on not giving the ball or not committing the ball on offense to, to Hammonds enough or down low to Hammonds enough, that's fine. Mm-hmm. If you want to call him for not disciplining a player, that's fine, but don't please – don't say that he should get fired because of this. Let's not fall into the, you know, the whole first take kind of mentality. Yeah, it's, you know, everyone, I think everyone's entitled to have at least, you know, a handful of bad seasons. I mean, look at the pl- caliber of players that he's produced. Carl Landry, Juwan Johnson, Etuan Moore. Uh, Rob. Rob, you know, the list Lou goes Jack. on. Blue Jack, Chris Kramer. Keaton Grant, let's never yeah. get him one of my favorites. But, you know, he's developed talent. He's recruited, and recruiting is another one. He's he's recruited the talent that is surprising considering the history of Purdue and the competition mm-hmm. we have in this state. Let's right. face it, in the last decade, we might be tied for second or third uh, in terms of production, you know, in terms of schools in the state. We have mm-hmm. IU, we have Butler, and we have us. And all recruiting from the same pool, probably more between uh, Indiana and us and Michigan State and those mm-hmm. kind of programs all recruiting from the same area. But when you're recruiting from, you know, a, a history uh, at Indiana, you're recruiting against that, and you're recruiting against a coach like Tom Crean. The wins that we have gotten in the recruiting battles with, you know, AJ Hammonds and with with this recruiting class with the Dave, right. or with with the Johnson boys with Ray Davis. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, we've had our fair share of you know guys we've lucked out on or missed out, but I mean, we just we have to be thankful because Purdue is not an appealing place as opposed to you know uh, a campus like. Michigan or IU or Ohio State or, you know, programs that generally have a rich tradition like that. I mean, you're talking about 
first of all, you're talking about Thad Mata and, you know, uh, not too long ago, they had a team that went to the national title. They've always mm-hmm. been, they've always had very high recruiting. They have a couple titles themselves. Exactly. You're Michigan talking about does, Michigan State. Michigan, you're talking about Fab Four history, even though they don't acknowledge it. You're talking about the Fab, Fab Four history yeah, or Fab Five, five history. Five. I'm sorry. The Beatles. We're talking about the Beatles. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, you know, Michigan State, Tom Izzo. We don't have to go. We don't have to right. go on about Tom Izzo. Um, and you know, mean, in Indiana. So it's, you're going to have recruiting loss. And I think, um, I want to say it was the railroad tie not too long ago, had a great breakdown and a great rebuttal, um, to the Fort Wayne, you know, news sentinel or whatever they want to call themselves over there. Um, you know, calling out coach painter on the recruiting misses and, you know, pulling some, pulling some weird shots on coach painter. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's some that didn't really make sense. If you want to go, um, you know, look at the look at the recruiting history that we've had and try try to see all sides of it. Um, they had, you know, railroad tie had a great one. Hank does a good job over there. Yeah, um, but I think that right now, um, Coach Painter needs our support, and we need to give it to him. He's our guy. Yeah, I mean, this program would not be where it is right now without Coach Painter. So. Moving on to the Big Ten as a whole, um, Steve has had a hard-on for Michigan since preseason, and he was right. Okay, Steve, I love this is your time. This is your time. Go. Michigan's great. They're a young team. Uh, <laughs> you know, I they've had struggles here recently, but I still believe that they could win it all just because I think they're well-coached. Yeah. They've got the best point guard in the nation, a tremendous shooting guard. Glenn Robinson III is a monster at the three. Uh, they've got a couple guys that can play the four and the five with Jordan Morgan, um, Mitch McGarry, Mitch McGarry, and uh, Al Horford's brother. What's his name? Oh uh, yeah, his cousin. The, yeah, Horford. Yeah. Whatever. The, uh, Horford's nephew. Mm-hmm. Um, but you and know, all three of those guys got are some good. Talent. And they got the uh, oh, I can't remember the shooter from Canada. Stauskas, Stauskas is great too. Oh, yeah. Not only can he shoot, he Freshman. can drive. Oh yeah. I mean, they're they're a deep team. It's fundamentally sound, plays hard, and they've got those two stars that can take over in uh, Trey Burke and Hardaway Jr. Oh, for sure. Um, would you rank them at the top of the Big Ten? Uh, basically, would you rank them above IU? Because no, those are I'd, the top two. I'd have to put IU at number one right now. The rate they've been playing at, I mean, they went into Ohio State, smacked them around. Yeah, they lost to Illinois, but, you know, they beat Michigan. They beat Ohio State. I, I, mean, I still say that the Ohio State game was their only – um, their only away game win of any note. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. And all of their all of their wins have come at all of their good wins have come at home. Not even on a neutral court. Their big neutral court game against Butler, they lost. Mm-hmm. So you know, I don't know. I I think I'd put them kind of one and one a, but I definitely. Yeah put IU right now uh, just a notch below because they're away uh, record. Now, saying that, let's be unbiased for a second. Uh, I If IU was wearing any other jerseys, I they would be unbelievable to watch. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I have so much fun watching, you know, Cody Zeller, who's one of the more underrated or underappreciated players mm-hmm. in the country. He's so solid. He's such a fundamentally solid college player. I'm not sure if that'll translate to the NBA. It's kind of why you're seeing his draft stock slip right. a little bit. And I mean, that's how all the Zellers have pretty much been fundamentally sound, but never an NBA type caliber. It's unbelievable how he runs the court. Right. I mean, just running the floor and being that high energy guy and on defense, he always takes the best, um, you know, the best post player. Oh yeah. It, 
I think Cody is one of the more underappreciated people in the Big Ten. I think the revelation that is Victor Oladipo. If you do not enjoy, I mean, you know, I like you I, said, put the bias aside. But if you don't love watching Oladipo play or enjoy it or respect it, you, I don't know if you can truly appreciate the game of basketball because he is electrifying. He's it's freaky. crazy. He's got like a seven foot five wingspan. His arm, he's got stretch Armstrong oh my arms. Gosh. He he's can jump out of the gym. Unbelievably, his shooting is. He's improved his three point. What's he shooting like forty five percent from three? Or respectable at least, at least something at least above forty. Very yeah. respectable. He's shooting very well from the field. He you know he's much a, better penetrator. A, arguably one of the best defender in the nation. right Oh no, now. no no yeah yeah he's definitely all defensive team. All props to Victor Oladipo on the work that he did this summer. Um, and you know, to coach Tom Crean for, for developing him, you have to give him yeah, credit for that. Cause I mean, but, both him and Sheehy came out as three-star recruits, you know, didn't really see anything too special, but you know, after their for sure. s- s- uh, sophomore year, excuse me, you started seeing more improvement than this year. I mean, you know, Sheehy is better. All is just unbelievably. Good. I wouldn't even put Sheehy as much better than the natural progression of a player. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, everybody loves to see him as, you know, the role player off the bench, but I don't know um, how much I buy and how much yeah. consistency I see out of Sheehy. Similarly, um, you, know, you know, with Christian Wofford. But, yeah, that's enough, you know, sucking I use D. Yeah, they're They're fun. good. They're very good. They're fun to watch. Let's, peace with that. Yeah, let's just I honestly, that. though, and with the way they played away from home, I could see them being an Elite Eight team. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and that's the thing that bothers me. That's why I put Michigan above them. If we're going to count, you know, if we're going to be one of those people that just looks at March to see, mm-hmm. um, you know, how the teams do, I don't see IU going further than right. Michigan. And, I mean, the Big Ten tournament will definitely tell how IU plays uh, – neutral courts again against top talent third i'd have to go michigan state right below them oh, they've I mean, been on fire lately tom, tom Izzo. Izzo's a brilliant coach best coach in the big 10 tom i know Izzo. we both agree on that tom Izzo. i can't i can't say anything uh that's our entire argument yeah, is that Izzo's great Izzo is he's good at player wow. development he's good at recruiting he's good at deceiving you and making you think that his team's going to be not that good or okay but then he comes away with you know the first few games of the season are always rough, and then after that, the team starts rolling and rolling in Big Ten play. They're awesome. Outside of my biases, I mean, my two favorite coaches are, are Coach Painter and Brad Stevens down at Butler. I would put Coach K and Tom Izzo as the best coaches in the country, and Hands I'd put down. them right beside each other. I mean, and I'd it's, say Bill Self at third. Yeah, and Bill Self right there. Uh, I'd put OSU right after Michigan State. Uh, any Any arguments? Part of me wants to say Wisconsin. Okay, sure, I can do that. I mean, I can. I was gonna have Wisconsin right below. Yeah, I'd I'd flip flop OSU and Wisconsin just because I think Wisconsin has some pretty quality wins recently. Going into that, IU, that half court shot. Did Evan you Tur- see Evan that? Turner the game. Evan Turner style style against Michigan. That was unbelievable. That was a fun game. This weekend was that. Uh, this weekend might have been. Outside of a March Madness, the best weekend of college basketball I've seen in I don't know how long. It was really good. Um, so right below that, Minnesota and Illinois, kind of um, yeah. very similar teams. Uh, they both have solid players that they can count on. They both have, uh, I think, fairly equally equally good coaches in Tubby yeah. Smith and John Gross. I'd give the edge to Tubby by quite a bit, though. Sure. John Gross is, you know, a new he's guy. up and coming. A new guy. Yeah. So uh, both of the programs right now, um, I think, are doing really well. They're just but very inconsistent. Very inconsistent. Their highs are high, lows are low. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, but I don't think that there's any doubt that they make the tournament, right? No, and I, 
see them being kind of threats when they get to the tournament as well. You said what Lenardi had them at? Lenardi had uh, Illinois at 11 right now. I mean, imagine the dangers you could do against a six seed, exactly. like a mid-major six seed going against Illinois. I'd have to think Illinois would be the, oh, yeah. the odds-on favorite there. Um, so those are the seven tournament teams. Uh, right outside that, I'd rank Purdue at eight um, and Iowa at nine. Probably most, you know, both of them are pretty similar, kind of yeah. underwhelming. Um, you know, nothing too special. I'd put them both pretty similar. I think they're both NIT teams, uh, maybe mm-hmm. college basketball invitational teams. If the, if we get the Big Ten bump into the to the NIT, that'd be nice. Yeah, hard what, to it, what the future holds, but you, you know. think you think we're better than Iowa? Think it doesn't think it matters. It doesn't really matter. I you know I can't. Is Iowa beat anyone ranked this year? No, I, I, I mean they've so. been I they've mean, been as inconsistent as us. Right. So. It really doesn't matter at this point. I'd say I I'm gonna go ahead and give us the edge just because of the Illinois win and my bias. But <laughs> yeah. I mean we've seen more of right. Purdue. Obviously, Iowa does not have any ranked wins. I their only Big Ten wins are. Uh, Penn State, Northwestern. Oh, I'm sorry. So they beat Wisconsin, but they weren't ranked at that oh, time. That's so that's right. a very that's good still win. A quality win. That's a very good win. So you know, probably better than our you know Illinois yeah. win. So I don't know. Um, I, yeah, it's pretty even on that. I'd say. And it doesn't matter because the last three: Nebraska, Northwestern, Penn State, in no, no particular order. Uh, bottom of the Big Ten. They're not terrible programs, um, but they're not good. No. So. I think the top seven make it. I think Purdue and Iowa go to um, CBI or NIT. I agree with that. And then bottom three are gone fishing. Gone fishing, baby. So I'd like to think that we uh, we hit hit a good chunk of the Big Ten season. What to look for. Try tomorrow, I think, or, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday, the 12th. Um, We play Illinois uh, at Illinois. Uh, which is going to be a very challenging game. Yeah, very hard. We'll see game. if that uh, Brandon Paul and that graduating class can stay defeated against Matt <laughs> Painter because they've never beat Matt Painter in their whole uh, four years of college. But they're looking good. They're looking yeah, pretty I hot. Mean, just so beat you IU, never know. You know, uh, it's hard telling what's going to happen. They got some top twenty-five votes too because of that. Mm-hmm. And um, if you have time, go uh, read that Rob Duster uh, article about how we shut down Brandon Paul. Look to see if we employ those same defensive principles on him rotate all three of our guys on him dj bird tyrone johnson and ray davis uh it it was a really good article if you like if you like that kind of thing uh and then uh saturday i believe it is saturday we travel down to bloomington indiana assembly hall at iu and any boilermakers there go please try and make some noise for us it's gonna be brutal that's a hostile environment but you know what i've I hope we look at the game that we had at Mackey and keep it into more respectable style play. For sure, and I, I think that um, uh, we then play Northwestern Iowa, hopefully two wins, mm-hmm. end the season with Wisconsin, end the season at Wisconsin, home against Michigan, and then home against Minnesota in senior night. So, um, you know, hopefully we can go one and two in that, but um, yeah, I don't I, know. I'd say that realistically the only win could – possibly come from that would be minnesota mm-hmm. just and even their inconsistency but you know that's not going to be a gimme and that's just the mackie you know the mackie right. advantage pushing him it over. will be fun to see him Bakway against uh yeah. oh for sure so barring that hopefully we'll get to you we'll get back to you sometime um before march we'll definitely do one uh before uh before march hopefully i oh, think yeah. you know right at the big 10 tournament we can give you a little primer and how the end of the season went but until then keep the faith 
Uh, Matt Painter is our guy. Stay that way. Don't be too critical or cynical and keep the paint crew stacked up. For sure. We're doing a good job in supporting a team that's not very good. For still. um, Seth Davis, apparently, even though Seth Davis isn't one of my favorite people in the world, but um, he's signaled out uh, Purdue and the paint crew as one of his favorite uh, student sections to watch because we're always loud, we're always rowdy. And go vote for the uh, Purdue student section and the Naismith student section awards. For sure. So thank you for joining us uh, for another hour uh, at the train stop. It's been too long. Glad we're back. Glad we're definitely back. So uh, thank you, and we'll see you next time. For the rub, we got a whole team. We're going big and we're picking up steam. You can't stop the train when we're coming down the lane. Throw the hammer to the ground when we visit your town. You know it's going down. When we're coming down the lane, throw the hammer to the ground when we visit your town. And you know it's going down. For the rub! Pull the rock! Pull the rock! Pull, pull, pull.